Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're joined now by Donna Palumba, the founder of Jane Doe No More. And Donna Palumba is a victim of herself, and she took that experience and decided to transform herself into creating a life of advocacy and empathy on behalf of so many victims of sexual trauma, of sexual rape and abuse. And the organization, Jane Doe No More, I'm very proud to have been a part of it for a long time now, I think over 10 years. And I'm an advisory board member. It's uh, based in Waterbury, Connecticut. And it is devoted to training people that men and women who are victims of sexual trauma. We are, I won't use the word celebrating exactly, but we are in the midst of October, which is Domestic Violence Month, a time where we are focusing on this, which is the number one reported crime to suburban police districts in our area. It's an insidious one. It's an ugly one. It's a complicated one. It's a kind of a crime, domestic violence, that typically affects women many more times than men, and women who are very often trying to raise children in the throes of an abusive, unhappy relationship that they cannot see their way out of. Donna Palumbo, welcome to the show today, and good morning. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having me. So, Donna, I just want to get right to it. Your organization, Jane Doe No More, when you have people that have suffered sexual assault as a result of an intimate relationship, which is not uncommon... How does your organization walk people through their trauma? What are the kinds of services you provide? Well, first of all, we let them know that we, we start by believing, of course, and we let them know that it is not their fault and that they are not to blame and that there is a path forward. And like you said earlier, it's a complex issue and often it's intertwined, especially um, victims of abuse that happens in the home. A lot of our survivors have been groomed by someone that they love in their home. And they're so young that they don't actually understand the process that is happening to them. And before you know it, they become sexually abused. And 
um, oftentimes children don't know what to do with this information and therefore they remain silent. Oftentimes their perpetrator is someone that exerts control over them, that is someone in the home that they love and respect, oftentimes a father, a grandfather, a stepbrother, all different types of scenarios, and it can go on for years. And so this person grows up and then starts to see what's happening in the world and sees other relationships and realizes something is amiss, but often doesn't even deal with it for decades. And so the first thing that we at Jane Don't Know More you know, want to relay is that this, they're not alone. This has happened to many, many, many others. And that, there, there, again, there is a path forward from this horrific trauma. Let me ask you something. We're chatting with Donna Palumba of Jane Doe No More, janedonomore.org, a Connecticut-based organization. Um, can you explain, we, we sort of have heard the word grooming a lot, but can you drill down a little bit, Donna, and give us examples of what grooming looks like? What, what does grooming look like in the real world? Sure. So oftentimes, but I'll give you, give you an example. Um, okay. In an initial relationship, the abuser can come on very strong and be very, um, very, very flattering and make the, the, the potential victim feel like very special. And abusers will look for people who are vulnerable or children who are vulnerable and cater to that need. In one case, one of our survivors um, was a catechism teacher who who was his abuser and he was going through a difficult time. The victim was going through a difficult time. His parents were about to get a divorce and the catechism teacher used this as an opportunity to say, I'll be your friend and would give him little gifts. And then it escalates from there. And, and then the victim feels like they are a party to it, even though it was coercive, it was manipulative on the part of the abuser. And that's where, the self-blame and the self-loathing of the victim can come into play. And that is so misdirected that, yeah, it's so harmful. And so many victims feel that pain. Yeah, they feel like they feel they can't, they feel guilty about something that they have no blame for. They feel guilty. Exactly. Terrible. Isn't that so terrible that children feel guilty because they grow up thinking, well, what if I had, done something this way or that way or what what was it about me that made this person pick on me did I give out some kind of a signal that I wasn't even aware of was I looking for love because my parents were getting divorced and I felt like I couldn't look to them there's so I, I exactly. it's so complicated yeah it's it is so complicated and it's haunting and I've heard story after story and I've seen how it affects that victim, how difficult it is to feel worthy, to have that self-worth and self-esteem, and, and it affects your decision-making. So many of them, as we know, will turn to drugs or alcohol yes. or contemplate suicide. It is absolutely tragic, and that's why it is so important that we all understand what healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships look like, and that's why, you know, Jane Don't Know More is in the schools and in the community talking about this and sharing. We have a survivor team that shares their stories. So, because we know statistically in every audience that we speak to, there are victims and many are, you know, silent. And so we want to reach them 
There's another interesting aspect, Lisa, that I wanted to touch on and with regard to domestic violence, and that is coercive control. So mm-hmm. it's something that is now being recognized that is so important that it doesn't have to be a physical abuse. Coercive control takes many different um, aspects. There's isolation and <clears throat> gaslighting of the victim, <clears throat> name-calling, and all different types of coercion efforts. <clears throat> and prior to this summer, coercive control was not really recognized <clears throat> Are you all right, Donna? You want to take a glass of water? You want to take a glass of water, sweetheart? You okay? I am. I have to say I'm just getting over a cold. I'm sorry about that. No one's allowed to get a cold anymore, Donna. Donna, you know that no one's allowed to get a cold anymore, okay? We're in COVID. Well, you know what? No one's allowed to get sick. I I did a COVID test because I was paranoid, and I'm teasing you. I'm teasing it's you, but no one's allowed. No one's allowed to sneeze anymore. <laughs> Sneezing is forbidden. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so Governor Lamont signed into law Senate Bill 1091, um, which it, it states um, for the first time that Connecticut will consider coercive control a form of domestic violence. And I think right. that is so, so very important because Me it too. doesn't have to be physical. It could be. No, I know. I, I mean, and and it can be so detrimental. I mean, these perpetrators in a, in a relationship with a spouse will turn their children against the victim. It 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 just just it destroys families. And it's great now that victims will be able to get restraining orders, and it will be considered a form of of physical of domestic violence. <clears throat> Not, oh, there's there's so much violence. to it. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. And I'm very happy that our legislature, following the lead of California, has decided to expand the definition because it's a question of education of our policymakers, our judges, our decision makers as well. We had a caller who called in months ago when we were talking about domestic violence who said that my boyfriend used to threaten me he would throw my cat out the window if I didn't give up my cell phone. Right, right. That's That's domestic violence. How is that not domestic? Of course, that's domestic violence. Of course. And I I once had a friend years ago who told me, and she was a working woman, and when she would go to work in the morning, she would tell me that her now ex-husband would tell the kids, your mother doesn't love you anymore. That's why she's going to work. Right, right. There's all different types of ploys that that these manipulative perpetrators will use to – to create a scenario where the victim almost feels like they're going crazy. People are turning against them. They don't know why. And it's because there's this plot by the perpetrator to, to create the scenario that, that the victim is crazy and that, um, that, that she's most, most she's the nut circumstances is the woman. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know what, and we have too many decision makers in the law world, in the legal world, uh, that are quick to judge women as, and I'm putting this in quotes now, hysterical when they complain about these kinds of things because they aren't as quote-unquote serious as throwing a brick at someone. But they are very damaging and devastating, and I'm very glad the law is recognizing that this kind of behavior is its own form of violence. But I want to get back to Jane Doe no more in some of the programs. So are you teaching kids in our schools about the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships? And if so, in what way? How are you doing that? 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about the fact that you are in control of your body. No one has the right to touch you in a way that is not pleasing to you. And that could even mean just a friend who touches your arm. If you're uncomfortable with that, if, you know, it's important to have boundaries and have space for yourself to help these kids to know that if, if something doesn't feel right to you, to trust your gut, to be able to speak up and say, just, you know, very politely, but you know what, I, I don't like when you do that. Is it okay if we just sit a little bit farther apart? You know, just simple little things to get them to think that this does not have to be tolerated, that you always have a choice. And that, you know, to be aware of someone that may have ill intent. And, and also to watch out for one another. So we get into this whole thing about not only healthy and unhealthy relationships, but consent and what that looks like, how, you know, there's nonverbal cues as well to really pay attention to what the other person is doing and saying and their body language, all of that. And then in the, in the older grades, you know, we, we all have to become part of the solution in order to, to live in a, in a society of sexual respect and, and safety. And so we talk about bystanders, how we can observe something and if, you know, pay attention. If something doesn't look right, guess what? It's probably not. And so you can do something about that. You can delegate, find someone that you trust and say, hey, you know, something's going on here that look at, take a look here. I, I think that, you know, maybe we can help with the situation if you don't feel like that you have the control or the, the ability to do it yourself, or you can be direct and, and just break up that situation. Again, there's a lot of nuances and it all depends on a comfort level, but we do get into all of that. You know, we're chatting with Donna Palumba, founder of Chain Don't Know More. I think that the critical piece that we don't talk about enough is our boys because our boys are left behind in a lot of conversations and our boys are, and I'm going to generalize now, but generally speaking, they are much more doers than talkers. And the culture among young men is one of not speaking. Uh, it just is. I don't know that that will ever change. Sort of the strong and silent type is a stereotype that's endured forever. Uh, men, generally speaking, are much more taciturn than women. Just They just are. And how do we teach our boys to love themselves as young sexual beings while respecting boundaries as they want to explore their own sexuality? I think that's a real challenge. I agree, Lisa. That's absolutely critical because we do know statistically it's, it's mostly the men that rape. And so where does that come from? And, and so and we also need to be cognizant of the, of, cognizant of the fact that many boys are also raped by mostly men. So how do we instill in these young men and boys um, the idea that it's okay to have these emotions, that it's not, it, it's not being a wimp, it's not being, you know, not masculine. You, you can absolutely be sensitive. That's being a man. That's being strong. Is, is, is allowing yourself to feel these things and act on them and act on them appropriately. And so we do some things with role play that help to um, engage the boys in conversation that might 
it might be a little awkward or what have you. So, you know, we do some icebreaker type of things and it's, and we know it's difficult. We know it, it can be very challenging. The topic of sexual violence is, um, and sexual crimes is not one that is often talked about. So we have to break through all of that. And, and we realize there's stigmas associated with it. But the bottom line is it's an epidemic and we have to be able to talk about it. We have to find a way. And once we can make it approachable, then we can all learn from that. Yes, we're chatting with Donna Palumba, 203-333-9422, if you'd like to ask her a question. Uh, Donna, um, can you tell us if if we're speaking now to an individual who might want to have the program be in their school or who is a victim of any kind of sexual violence, how they would reach you uh, and how they would talk to someone? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our website is janedoenomore.org and on it you will find information about the Safe Student Initiative program that I spoke about, about community outreach and, um, and we also have a Survivor Speak program for survivors that are at a place where they would like to go through our workshops and learn how to articulate their story, become part of our Jane Doe No More family and educate others. Our family is growing and we are strong. And we also have a closed Facebook group for survivors. So it's just JDNM, the acronym for Jane Don't Know More Survivors. And anyone that is a victim of a sexual crime is invited to join. It's a closed group where there is no judgment and people can go to, to get inspiration and support. And, um, and on our website, I'm sorry. No, no, I know that you also have a program that helps people come through their own trauma. The, the yes, survivor that is the survivor program. speak. Yeah, it is. And we're now, you know, 60 people have gone through it. And I have to say the bond that is formed is, is really just incredible. I am so inspired by these men and women. Um, and what happens is that they advance their own healing by sharing their story because they know they're helping others. And it's, it's a wonderful way to pay it forward. And really, it is a story of hope. That's why I started Jane Don't Know More, because there is a path forward. And you can, there is life after trauma. You can, you can go on and meet wonderful people and do wonderful things, but you cannot do it alone. And so you can also fill out any of the forms. We, you know, forms, there's an opportunity to donate to our nonprofit organization on the website. You can also reach us via email at info at janedonomore.org. Thanks, Donna. Donna Palumba, one of my heroines out there, one of my <laughs> heroes. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. You be well. Take care Thank of that you, cold. Lisa. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 